0: Section 9 of The Living Animals of the World, Volume 1. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Devorah Allen. The Living Animals of the World, Volume 1. Mammals by Charles Lewis Cornish, Editor. The Tiger Tigers are the type animal of Asia they are found nowhere else. Lions were inhabitants, even in historic times, of Europe, and are still common on the Euphrates and in parts of Persia, just as they were when the Assyrian king shot them with arrows from their hunting chariots. They survived in Greece far later than the days when story says that Hercules slew the Nemean lion in the Peloponnesus, for the baggage animals of Xerxes' army of invasion were attacked by lions near Mount Athos. But the tiger never comes, and never did come in historic times, nearer to Europe than the Caucasian side of the Caspian Sea. On the other hand, they range very far north. All our tiger lore is Indian. There is scarcely a story of tigers to be found in English books of sport, which deals with the animal north of the line of the Himalaya. These Chinese northern tigers, and the Siberian tigers, are far larger than those of India. They have long woolly coats in order to resist the cold. Their skins are brought to London in hundreds every year to the great fur-sales, but the animals themselves we never see. The present writer was informed by a friend that in the Amur Valley he shot three of these tigers in a day, putting them up in thick bush-scrub by the aid of dogs. The Royal Bengal Tiger, so-called, and very properly called in the old books of natural history, is a different and far more savage beast. It is almost invariably a ferocious savage, fierce by nature, never wishing to be otherwise than a destroyer, of beasts mainly, but often of men. Compared with a lion, it is far longer, but rather lighter, for the lion is more massive and compact. A well-grown tigress, says Sir Samuel Baker, may weigh on an average 240 pounds live weight. A very fine tiger may weigh 440 pounds, but if fat, the same tiger would weigh 500 pounds. There may be tigers which weigh fifty pounds more than this, but I speak according to my experience. I have found that a tiger of nine feet, eight inches, is about two inches above the average. The same skin may be stretched to measure ten feet. A tiger in the zoological gardens is a long, lithe creature with little flesh. Such a specimen affords a poor example of this grand animal in its native jungles, with muscles in their full, ponderous development, from continual exertion in nightly travels over long distances, and in mortal struggles when wrestling with its prey. A well-fed tiger is by no means a slim figure. On the contrary, it is exceedingly bulky, broad in the shoulders, back, and loins, and with an extraordinary girth of limbs, especially in the forearms and wrists. This ponderous, active, and formidably armed creature is, as might be expected, able to hold its own wherever Europeans do not form part of the regular population. In India, the peasants are quite helpless, even against a cattle-killing tiger in a populous part of the country. In the large jungles and on the islands at the mouths of the great rivers, the tigers have things all their own way. Things are no better in the Far East. A large peninsula near Singapore is said to have been almost abandoned by its cultivators lately, owing to the loss of life caused by the tigers in the populous parts of india the tiger is far more stealthy than in the out-of-the-way districts it only hunts by night and after eating a part of the animal killed moves off to a distance and does not return otherwise the regular habit is to return to the kill just at or after dusk and finish the remainder its suspicions seem quite lulled to sleep after dark quite recently a sportsman sat up to watch for a tiger at a waterhole it was in the height of the indian hot season When very little water was left, all the creatures of that particular neighborhood were in the habit of coming to drink at one good pool still left in the rocky bed of the river. There the tigers came too. The first night they did not come until all the other creatures, hog, deer, peacocks, and monkeys, had been down to drink. They then came so softly over the sand that the gunner in waiting did not hear them pass. HIS FIRST KNOWLEDGE THAT THEY WERE THERE WAS DUE TO THE SPLASHING THEY MADE AS THEY ENTERED THE WATER. IT WAS QUITE DARK, AND HE FELT NOT A LITTLE NERVOUS, FOR THE BUSH ON WHICH HE WAS SEATED ON A SMALL PLATFORM WAS ONLY SOME TEN FEET HIGH. HE HEARD THE TWO TIGERS PASS HIM, NOT BY THEIR FOOTSTEPS, BUT BY THE DRIPPING OF THE WATER AS IT RAN OFF THEIR BODIES ONTO THE SAND. NEXT NIGHT THEY CAME AGAIN. THIS TIME, THOUGH IT WAS DARK, HE SHOT ONE IN A VERY INGENIOUS MANNER. The two tigers walked into the river, and apparently lay down or sat down in it with their heads out. They only moved occasionally, lapping the water, but did not greatly disturb the surface. On this was reflected a bright star from the sky above. The sportsman put the sight of the rifle on the star and kept it up to his shoulder. Something obliterated the star and he instantly fired. The something was the tiger's head, which the bullet duly hit." THE HILL TIGERS OF INDIA ARE, OR WERE, MUCH MORE GIVEN TO HUNTING BY DAY THAN THE JUNGLE TIGERS. IN THE Nilgiri HILLS OF SOUTHERN INDIA, THE LATE GENERAL DOUGLAS HAMILTON SAID THAT BEFORE NIGHT, THE TIGERS WERE ALREADY ABOUT HUNTING, AND THAT IN THE SHADE OF EVENING IT WAS DANGEROUS TO RIDE ON A PONY, NOT BECAUSE THE TIGERS WISHED TO KILL THE RIDER, BUT BECAUSE THEY MIGHT MISTAKE THE PONY AND ITS RIDER FOR A sambar DEER. HE WAS STALKED LIKE THIS MORE THAN ONCE, Often when stalking sambar deer and Ibex by day, he saw the tigers doing the same, or after other prey. My brother Richard, he writes, was out after a tiger which the hillman reported had killed a buffalo about an hour before. He saw the tiger on first getting to the ground, and the tiger had seen him. It was lying out in the open, watching the buffalo, and shuffled into the wood and would not come out again. Next morning when we got to the ground, the tiger was moving from rock to rock and had dragged the body into a nullah. We were upon the point of starting home when we observed a number of vultures coming down to the carcass. The vultures began to collect in large numbers on the opposite hill. I soon counted fifty, but they would not go near the buffalo. Then some crows, bolder than the rest, flew down and made a great row over their meal. All of a sudden they all flew up, and I made certain it was the tiger. Then my brother fired, and there he was, "'shot right through the brain, lying just above the buffalo. "'He had been brought down by the noise the crows were making. "'Upon driving the sholas, small woods on these hills, "'tigers were often put out. "'Sometimes they availed themselves of the drive "'to secure food for themselves. "'A wood was being driven when a tremendous grunting was heard, "'and out rushed an old boar, bristling and savage. B was about to raise his rifle "'when a growl-like thunder stopped him and a great tiger with one spring cleared the nula, and alighted on the back of the old boar. Such a battle then took place that, what with the growls of the tiger and the squeals of the boar, one might believe oneself in another world. I thought of nothing but of how to kill one or the other, or both. So, as they were rolling down over and over, about fifty yards from me on the open hillside, I let fly both barrels. For a second or two the noise went on. Then the tiger jumped off, And the boar struggled into the nula close by. The tiger pulled up and coolly stared at us without moving, but his courage seemed to fail him, and he sprang into the nula and disappeared. In most parts of India, tigers are now scarce and shy, except in the preserves of the great rajas and the dominions of some high and pious Hindu potentates, such as the Maharaja of Jaipur, who, being supposed to be descended from a Hindu god, allows no wild animals to be killed. There the deer and pig are so numerous that tigers are welcome to keep them down. But the sunderbuns, unwholesome islands at the Ganges mouth, still swarm with them. So does the Malay Peninsula. Mr. J.D. Cobbled shot a tiger in Central Asia in a swamp, so deep in snow and so deadly cold that he dared not stay for fear of being frozen to death. Tigers sometimes wander as far west as the Caucasus near the Caspian. The farther north, the larger your tiger is the rule. The biggest ever seen in Europe was a Siberian tiger owned by Herr Karl Hagenbeck of Hamburg, and the largest known skin and skull is from the far north. The skin is thirteen feet six inches from the nose to the end of the tail. The largest Indian tiger skin, from one killed by the Maharaja of Kutch Behar, measures eleven feet seven inches. End of section nine.